everybody. Welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through, a Degrassi viewing podcast. It's me, Donnie, your unfortunate bearer of <laughs> horrible news. And me, Frank, the fresh-faced youngster. Oh, boy. Okay, so we're at episode six. It's called The Mating Game. and Which is a terrible title for a show about 12 to 13-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. So, like, a general... I. I feel like we should do a content warning for this episode just because, like, it's just, I feel like we might end up going in certain directions if we're not careful or not, like, just not even that we're not careful, just it might happen, where we're going to be talking about sexuality, we're going to be talking about puberty, if you're somebody where this content kind of triggers you, you may want to sit this one out. Um, Obviously, we are going to keep this as appropriate as possible, Mm -hmm. but do keep in mind we are going to be talking about even just on, like, a surface level, we are going to be talking about sexuality of middle schoolers. So if you're somebody where you're like, you know what, I'm good, and you just want to tune in next episode, that's totally fine. We just want to do a quick little content warning beforehand. Yep. Um, I think you covered it pretty well. Thanks, uh, I try. What to add about this? Yeah, so, like, let's just do a brief summary of this baby. Let's just get this kind of... Let's just... There's a lot There's a lot to unpack. Oh, God, there's so much to uh, unpack. So, Frank, if you want to try and give us a summary of this episode. Okay, A-plot. Um, Ashley's class is doing uh, Romeo and Juliet, and her and Ashley's eight-month anniversary is arriving with Jimmy, a.k.a. Drake. Um, and the question of whether or not they should go all the way has arisen. The B-plot is, all of a sudden, Toby has a crush on Emma, and he's trying some just really not great ways to get her attention. Yeah. So, yeah. And then he is full of young man, adolescent anger, pointlessly. Yeah, which, like, okay, I'm just gonna say it. I am so, why? I don't remember Toby having this many plots when I watched this series growing up. And, like, I get, like, probably the argument is, like, well, a lot of them are, like, the B-plots. So, like, not very many of his episodes have he actually had. Actually, technically, I don't think he's actually, like, had the A-plot really yet. I feel like Ashley kind of trumped it in the election plot and things like that. So, like, I get it. Like, technically. No, he has. The last episode was his A-plot. Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> Jesus. But, like, the thing is, is, like, I am so, like, how much? There's so many girls that we have not been able to properly explore yet. And good, interesting ones, and, and many of which don't have, like, very much beyond kind of, like, an archetypal take on them yet. And and Toby, we know, like, everything that makes him tick. Give me a page plot. I really want a page plot. Yeah, like, give me a page plot. Give me Terry to, just to give her more structure than what we already have. Give me, like, any of that type of stuff. It, it just feels like it's so lacking in that regard. And I'm, like, losing it. Yeah. <laughs> I saw his face and I'm like, no, no, he has <laughs> one of the plots. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Um, oh. <laughs> should we just... And, like, there's very, l- there's very little, te- like, there's very little adult influence in this episode. Not, like, last episode. Yeah, yeah, the the adult presence kind of takes a backseat. Um, and, and so it's probably worth mentioning. So the adult that gets any real spotlight in this one is 
a uh, teacher who comes in to provide sex education to the eighth graders. Dr. Sally. Yes, yes, basically. Um, but so, like, she comes in, and clearly it's a reference. Like, okay, fine, we get it. But, like, it's it's one of those things where, like, she her information isn't horrible either. Like, she's saying, like, you know, like, physically speaking, yeah, you are ready to potentially engage in this, but you should, you know, you should make sure that you're aware of everything and that you're safe about it and that you physically want it, which is, like, not bad advice at all. But it's just... There's very little discussion from families. We don't really know how much information the kids really have outside of this health class. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we kind of know now that Toby has been exposed to an obscene amount of pornography under the guise of a parental punishment... But, like, other than that, these characters in general, like, we don't really know what kind of experience they have. Also, I was thinking about it. Did this kind of imply that, like, the seventh grade is not really getting very much education about this? Yeah, um, I mean, JT says, like, the eighth graders get everything. Yeah, and, like, I mean, I guess I'm trying to remember back back in my day. Because I guess I'm kind of the measuring stick, as well as I can be being them from the U.S., and it's like, I mean, I guess I didn't really get very much in terms of sex ed seventh grade. I feel like seventh grade was more when they were going to tell you, one, they're going to scare you about scoliosis, and I literally thought I was going to die because of scoliosis. <laughs> um, and two, they, like, talked about what's going to happen to your own body. So, like, I guess seventh grade, you're not necessarily going to have very much of that information, but it, it was a bit worrisome that, like, we didn't really have a parent intervening at all i um like i think i got we had a um we had we had a like discussion about this in ninth grade when i Mm -hmm. was a kid um i think we should have gotten way younger but um and like on the parent side my father came in like once and was just like so, sex, what don't you know? I was like, I'm wearing condoms, she's on, like, she also has protection, or else it doesn't happen. Good. And then, like, he gave me a long lecture about consent. Yeah. Which I found out is not the norm, so kudos to you, Dad, I love you very much. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. My parents took the route that, like, they were like, if you're gonna figure, you're gonna find out about it, and you're gonna find out about it however you're gonna do it, which is, like, terrifying advice to really give a child. And, like, I wasn't sexually active until I went to college, so it was kind of a moot point. But, like, I feel like, at the very least, I would have known much more about myself. And, of course, like, you layer on the fact that I'm trans, that, like, this whole entire... Like, the context of being a middle schooler to high schooler and dealing with puberty was, like, this incredibly awful experience. But, like, my parents didn't really tell me anything. But the thing is, is, like, they didn't establish if that was the case either. And it would have kind of helped if we knew, like, where... What was kind of the parental intervention on Ashley's, I guess, mother... Like, you know, parent side, on Jimmy's parent side. Mm -hmm. Like, it would have... It would have been something to go off of because like yeah like there's very little adult presence considering there was so much adult presence in the last time um and also just to like just i want to give like further like praise to my father yeah like he was what was termed a masher in his day so he was Mm -hmm. like dating nonstop or whatever but i i was never that dude and my dad was always just like man you beat you walk to the you walk to the beat of your own drum that's fine and i was like 
in my later life, I was like, oh, thanks, Dad. Like, way oh, not to put really pressure good. on me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really good and really important. Um, and that's also something that kind of, that could have been explored, too, is kind of, like, familial expectations and how that can lead to you feeling the need to act out certain aspects of your relationship because of that. Yeah, like, you know what I've always kind of wanted to see in one of these episodes mm. is, like, the girl's ready, but the guy's not. Yeah. Because it always seems to be the inverse. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, it's very true. It, it's, And I'm noticing this watching this, and, and, you know, it could just be watching it with older eyes. Like, it's the gender, the way gender is portrayed, at least as we've seen so far, is so, con- like, so conventional, yeah. so expected. The girls are kind of, like, they're pretty meek. Very few of them are really, like, pushing against gender expectations. Just Paige. Just Paige. I mean, Paige, you know, lover or hater, obviously, like, I don't approve of how, of her behavior, but at the end of the day, like, she is pushing mm-hmm. expectations. She's she's not meek. She's not mild. She's not, like, compliant in, in many ways. And, like, I appreciate that about her, and that's probably why I liked her, even though I couldn't articulate it when I watched the series initially. Because, like, a lot of these girls, it's like, Terry wants to be pretty and loved, and then she's gonna do X, Y, and Z, and potentially get punished for it. And Ashley, though she may have a leadership role, is very traditional in many ways in terms of, like, her femininity and, like, how she is, how how she feels, how she feels she should express herself in relationships, and... Manny has, like, the oppressive family, and once again, like, kind of, like, following her parents' expectations, and then, I mean, then you have Paige, who's just <laughs> bucking the system, and then, like, Emma, mm. Emma, I think, is starting to come into her own, yes. but slow, like, very slowly, um, and, like, she's just, I, I feel like Emma's where, kind of, a normal 7th grader would be. I agree. I think she's probably one of the most... Her and Liberty, I would argue, are, like, probably some of the realest 7th graders yeah. I've seen. And, like, also... Well, also, Liberty... I mean, she's trying to do what she wants to succeed, but also, once again, she's taking a more passive role. I think that's the thing. It's, like, a lot of the girls in the show so far have taken particularly passive roles, whereas the boys have taken more aggressive roles, sometimes literally. And it's... I, I can't believe I didn't notice it when I was younger. <laughs> Every time you say you say something about the girls in the show, my mind just keeps adding except Paige at the end of it. Yeah, except sentence. Paige. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's like an asterisk like except Paige. But even then, like Paige is relatively traditional in terms of her motivations as well. But like at the very least, she's not the meek, mild, passive type of role that we're seeing a lot of the girls get in terms of their plots. Yeah. Like, the boys, in many ways, are the ones running the show, and you could kind of tell in this one where Ashley felt she has to behave a certain way for Jimmy, so Jimmy will stay in the relationship. And, like, don't get me wrong, that's a real pressure, and, and that's totally something that kids go through, that adults go through, but, like, if you put it in terms of the rest of the episodes we've seen so far, it puts an extra bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. And then the subplot is... Toby desperately trying to have Emma's affection, and when Emma doesn't want it, he's mean. He's, yeah, he's the worst. Like, it's not a good scene. Yeah. But it's also... It's also a very realistic scene, which bums me out to no end. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's really hard, and I, I guess this is also something we're going to just have an issue with the more we watch it, where this is an issue-based show, right? So, like, each episode, there's going to be an issue, and, like, it, that issue could be super, like, you know, like, really based in current events, or it can just be a very natural thing that kids this age group can go through. So, like, sexuality, crushes, how to navigate, that type of stuff. Very natural. Um, it's just very difficult because, because it's so issue-based, you don't get to show the nuance that you may be able to if it was a show where, like, say, like, like, if it was a show where, like, Ashley and Jimmy's relationship was always at the forefront and we mm-hmm. could see the ebb and flow, we could see the developments over time. Yeah, because, like, all I know right now is that, like, Jimmy has called himself her bodyguard, used his power to threaten her, step... Pro- Toby's friend, and that's it. Like, I haven't really seen any sweetness between the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and we talked about this also with Jimmy, especially when Jimmy was introduced, where, like, they're really going for this very uncomfortable type of, of stereotype of, like, ooh. Storms are coming. Yep. It's okay. Um, but they're going for this very, very racialized image of masculinity, where you have him, like, really tough and, like, you know, very, I mean, we, I use the word, like, you know, I feel like they're going for this kind of, like, thuggish image, which, once again, is a very racially coded type of position, and then, you know, you're showing how, like, it just keeps coming up, and not super obviously, and there's also no narrative to kind of work against it, because it's so issue-based. Yeah. And it's it's rough. It's rough in many ways watching it unfold. Like, let's stop caring about Toby. I want to know about literally anybody else but Toby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in many ways, the focus on Toby becomes a disservice for everybody else because I'm, I know, as somebody who has watched it, I know these characters have way more going for them than just what we have seen. But most of these characters haven't gotten more than, like, maybe a B plot, maybe an A plot. And instead, I've just seen the many sides of Toby and unfortunately, at the end of it all, I don't really like him that much <laughs> in terms of what I've seen right now. So, shall we get into it? Yeah, yeah, let's let's deep dive. Um, whew. Okay, so, um, JT is complaining. Do we, yeah, we start with, no, I forget where we start. It's an A-plot, so it has to open with a okay. body necklace. Okay, so... <laughs> Yeah, um, Ashley has gotten a very con- a kind of nice necklace for her. And she spent 50 bucks, which is a lot for a middle school. <laughs> what? In, what was it, $2,000? <laughs> um, like, and, like, Terry's like, oh, like, like, Jimmy's gonna love it, it's great. And then they go to, then they go to class, and guess what? They're doing Romeo and Juliet. Which, by the way, the way that they're teaching it, like, I know, like, that's not the point of the episode. The point of the episode is not how the lesson is framed, but it's really funny to me because the way the teacher frames the lesson, it literally sounds like they're being assigned pieces of the play. They're going to have no context to it. They're going to act it out, and apparently they're going to be able to comprehend the entirety of the play based on, like, five small groups of kids in the class. And I'll just put it this way. I hate this play. I hate that every... Like, young adult media seems to be like, let's just talk about Romeo and Juliet. Well, you gotta get used to it, because Degrassi brings up Romeo and Juliet multiple times. Uh. So you just gotta, you just gotta <laughs> suck it up. Like, how about Ashley's Prospero and is, like, seeking oh. revenge on Paige? Ooh! 
that would be good. Like, there's so many other Shakespeare plays. The other thing is, like, the plot. I mean, I get that they were kind of going for the idea that Romeo and Juliet, like, had sex at a really young age, and they were trying to create a parallel there. But, like, uh, <laughs> it was so groan-worthy during the whole entire thing of it. And it was, like, this thematic piece that kept coming up. It dictated the music of the whole episode. And it was just, like, I didn't need that. I didn't need it. Wait, how, also, how about an episode, how about literally any one of these shows where somebody's just like, yeah, Romeo's a pedophile. Is Romeo a pedophile? I yeah. thought they were the same age. No, he's way older than her. Oh. <laughs> oh. I hadn't read Romeo and Juliet in a very, very long time, so. Susie and I did Romeo, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, which still holds up, like, for teen girl talk, and I've, like, read a bit of the play again, and she's like, 13. And he's, like, 18 or so. Oh, well, that that changes a lot of that. Yeah, I was legitimately under the impression they were the same age, which, to be fair, a lot of the media portrayals of it kind of go with that route that they're, like, they look the same age. Because nobody wants to bring that up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, like, it's a very... That's the thing about Romeo and Juliet is, like, so much of it gets swept under the rug because there's so many different adaptations of it and iterations of it that you're going to lose that. Yeah, like... Oof! Ugh. I hate that play. I hate that play of a burning passion. <laughs> I do not blame you, good sir. I don't blame you at all. Um, but also, they're getting a talk from Dr. Sally, um, the Dr. Joyce brothers of Degrassi world. Um, I think that's. I think I'm saying the right person's name. I don't know anymore, and I don't think I wrote it down in my notes. So, <laughs> anyway, the 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 sex education educator. At least they got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's happening. And Spinner, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, there were so many weird things happening, particularly with Jimmy Spinner, and then that weird generic character guy they threw in. <laughs> so there's, like, this guy, and I feel like all they wanted to do was, like, they wanted him to say the slut-shamey stuff about Paige, and, like, because they didn't want Jimmy or Spinner to have that blood on their hands, and they were just like, let's just make a new character for today. That's fine. So that he could say all the terrible things about Paige. Spinner wasn't saying much better things. No, no, but I'm saying, like, at least he wasn't, like, spreading rumors about her sexual exploits. Spinner, like, Spinner is just like, hey, guess what? Um, like, oh, he's like, Julia had sex with us when she was 13 also. Yeah, no, he... <sighs> and then, um, he brings up in class, like, oh, a friend of mine, he's about the same age. Right, 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 right. Oh, God, that's so bad. He's about to hit his eight-month anniversary. Are they ready? And, like, that's when uh, Dr. Sally says... Physically, yes. Emotionally, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh... Uh... It's, uh... I, I, if, if one of my friends did that to me... Oh, yeah. We'd be done. Well, that's the thing about Spinner, and, and, it, and this is, I, and if I recall correctly, this will continue to be a thing with him, where it's like, and we've had this issue before, too, where it's like, you can't, I can't tell how much of the time I'm supposed to take Spinner seriously, whether it's as a bully as a person, or anything like that, because it always seems like he, he very rarely, if ever, gets called out on his behavior. And he's, like, allowed to do all this type of stuff, and it's just like, ha-ha. And, like, even though, even though, like, people, like, even though, like, Jimmy was annoyed by what he said, it, I, if that was my friend saying that type of stuff, like, there would be 
a big problem. Yeah, there'd be consequences to his actions. Yeah, like, Spinner gets away with it very, very quickly. Um, so, they don't, like, they don't, uh, like, Ashley isn't Juliet. Uh, Jimmy's Romeo, but, uh, Ashley is the nurse? And guess who's that? Juliet! Woo! It's Paige! Yeah! My, oh my god. Okay, by the way, as a teacher, the thought of putting all of them in a group made me want to scream. Because there is no way, no way I would put Paige, a student like Paige, with anybody who is her friend. Never. Never, ever. Like, no way. Unless she is- Come on, Miss Kwan! Yeah, right? Like, like, what are you doing? Do you want, like, this project to fail entirely? Oh my god. Anyway, not the point. This is, like, a weird teacher, uh, like, you know, tangent. But, like, yeah, so, ugh. So, then we have a, um, then we have a conversation at the lockers between Spinner and Jimmy and this rando character. Um, there's a lot of locker conversations in this episode. And they're, like, talking about, like, I I think they're talking about, oh, yeah, Spinner shames Ashley for only... Getting, letting, getting to second base. I hate talking about this. I know. Um, it's and awful. then, like, talks about how Paige had sex with a camp counselor. And it's just like, oh, Spinner, that's, that's not great if that happened. Like, well, the thing is, is I don't think Spinner actually says that. I think the weird generic friend does. And Spinner's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I think that the friend was mainly made because they were like, it felt like the writers knew that was a bad thing to say. And they were like, well, we're not going to have, like, any of the characters. Like, you know, we're not going to let the two characters you know say it. We're going to have this weird stand-in dude say it. But, like, yeah, no, which was, like, super messed up. And, like, you know, if it's true, that's horrible. And if it's a rumor, that's also horrible. Like, either way, it's bad, and yet there's no repercussions for making that statement about her. All it does is is it's just merely a plot point to make her more promiscuous. It's it's very upsetting, because it's like, I mean, we've, we've confronted and we have been able to resign ourselves and admit that, like, Paige has done some pretty questionable stuff in the couple episodes we have seen her. We by no means want to excuse her actions, but that doesn't mean that she deserves to have that information talked about her without her control. Yeah, like... And like I said, there's no repercussions about it. We get no fallout from it. We get no conversation. We, We don't even know if Paige knows about it. It's just said. Yeah, like... I, I really thought that was going to become a more main focus of the it plot. It should have. Like, of, well, of that, well, that plus people talking. Like, yeah. I, I was half expecting Jimmy to, like, say they did do it. Like. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But, uh, anyway. So, okay, let's just do the A plot and the B plot. Yeah, that's just how um, it's going to have to be. We cut back to the class at one point. And, like, Paige and Jimmy are rehearsing. Oh, my God. And then Paige just kisses Jimmy. And, Jimmy, my boy, your girlfriend's in the same class as you. Well, it's like, I mean, it's just like one of the, and and the thing about that kiss also is, like. It's not chaste. No, it's not chaste. And the 
consent is not really well established. Like, yeah. it's it's not established. Like, we don't know if they had a conversation going like, okay, we're going to go there. Which, like, still not great on Jimmy's end, particularly if he doesn't run it by Ashley. But, like, I j- it's very ambiguous. And the decision to kiss somebody in acting in any context without any preparation is really messed up. This is the second time I've seen... Well, this is the first time I've seen Drake get kissed in a TV show against his will. And these second the and then there was that one time in real life i saw it happen yeah 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 and honestly that's what i thought about too and i like you know it's just unfortunately something an image i've seen a couple times which also might have shade shaded how i saw this scene in particular but like the thought of them not really communicating about it and it being more based on ashley's reaction to it uh was a bit it was hard to read Honestly, it was hard to read Paige's intentions a lot of the time. It was hard to read Jimmy's intentions a lot of the time in this episode. Paige just seemed like... she se- They seemed like they wanted a shit stir. And they were like, well, Paige stirs shit. Yeah, but like... It, but And like that also led me to a confusion. Like, is Paige still with Spinner? Yeah. They don't really like... make it clear. Like, I mean, we didn't see that they were in paradise last time, but we didn't see them break up. And, and we don't actively, like, I feel like you could have even had Paige, like, delete his text message or something like that or hang up when he tries to call. Something to establish that they're not really okay. <laughs> but, like, it felt like they just wanted to do this plot. Paige was the most available character to do it because we knew of her intentions in the past. And it was very disappointing in that sense yeah there's this whole thing ashley says that i've everything i've always i've had Paige has always wanted um and then Paige says like oh you might want to lock it down essentially with jimmy before somebody with more experience takes him away yeah and like the thing is is like she literally not literally but she basically did that a couple episodes ago with terry yeah and like it's just not very it seemed at the time with terry like she genuinely liked spinner and she felt that she wanted to take spinner because she genuinely liked him for some reason or another we don't really know why we just know she did (laughs) and in this it just seemed like she was there for the thrill of it and it's not clear enough if that's how we're supposed to read it like it's like like the spit like now that i think about the spinner thing is so confusing because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it only makes sense if, like, the way Spinner and that boy were talking about Paige is if Spinner and her have broken up. God, you're right. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about it with that lens. Because, like, the, I honestly would have loved, though, now that you're saying, like, it would have been nice to been shown that they're not together anymore. I would have loved to see where Spinner, like, it cuts to Spinner calling Paige her looking at the phone, rolling her eyes, and just putting the phone back in her purse, and cutting back to Spinner, like, oh, I guess she's busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's exactly that. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like, oh, um, did you, for, like, like something like, oh, like, can I, can I text you? Can I get your number? I don't have a phone. It's like, you're holding one right now. <laughs> like, I wanted something like that. And like, that's, but that's the thing. It's like, when you put it in... <laughs> and then she's like, I gotta take this, and gets on the phone and walks away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's the thing, it's like, it almost feels as though, like, this episode at one point was supposed to be before that episode. Yeah. It feels a little bit like this episode should, because then I think it would have made more sense 
Honestly, more sets. I'm not saying much sets. I'm saying more. Honestly, you could slot it in like really easy to make it like to make it that way. Yeah, yeah. Because because <laughs> all these episodes seem to exist in a vacuum because nothing's mentioned from episode to episode. Yeah, yeah. Very few, if ever, like if any of like the incidents are really talked about in the other episodes. So like, I really wonder if I don't know if it was filmed in a different order or if it was at the very least scripted in a different order, but like. I feel as though this episode was first, perhaps my feelings in certain ways with some of the relationship dynamics I would have less issue with. And it would make it would make the B plot make a little more sense because like in in this episode, Emma sits down with Sean and they hang out again. Yep. And like, you know, then like that would further develop the crush where she asks him to dance. Yeah, yeah, and I think also, like, as as terrible as this may sound, like, it almost would give Toby more of a reason to have feelings for Emma, because presumably it was closer to the events of the summer. Yeah. And Toby could have, and it could be a really good teachable moment, in which he, like, he feels that he rescued Emma, he feels entitled to her because of the good deed that he did. Yeah, I mean, there's some very white knight overtures in this. Yeah, and, like, I think that if they pulled that out, particularly for Toby's plot, it could have been a little better. I mean, I know what they were going for with the whole, like, he wants, he like, oh, he's going to support her cause for the sole purpose of her paying attention to him type idea. <laughs> but I think that could have been a really important moment where it's like, you can do good deeds, and those good deeds are good, but that doesn't mean that you get the girl at the end. Yeah. Um, so... After this, actually, like, knee-jerk reacts and says, like, and basically says to Jimmy she wants to give him the ultimate gift. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> at, which I'm just laughing because, like, if I was that age, I'd have been, like, a PlayStation 2. Well, isn't that what, like, <laughs> who, isn't it, doesn't Spinner say, like, it's like, it's like, Jimmy's like, you know, I'm gonna get the ultimate gift. And doesn't Spinner go, like, a Ferrari? and and then they just decide to celebrate by going to the drugstore and buying condoms also like ashley orders condoms online in the quickest online service i have ever seen (laughs) (laughs) hours later i don't want to know how much she paid for shipping like i don't want to know and like then we get like this is the point i texted you because i texted um donnie this uh, video from Team Four Stars, Dragon Ball Z abridged, of yeah. Trunks internally screaming, because that's what my heart was doing. Mm. Because, like, the guy selling the condoms to Oh my Jimmy, god, it was disgusting. He's just it was like, literally disgusting. Okay, so I worked in pharmacies all through high school. My mom's a pharmacist, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had, like, one of the things was my high school was, my high school was right next to the pharmacy I worked at, so I had to... Like, bring up people I knew for their birth control. Yeah. I never did that. One, because it'd get me fired. And two, because, like, it's a shitty thing to do. I knew that at 16. And this guy was much older than 16. And I, I was thinking about this. Like, oh, yeah, I remember giving kids, like, advice. Because, like, I remember this one guy came in. He's like, you got any lambskin condoms? And I remember looking. I'm like, do you have a latex allergy? And he's like, no. He's like, then you want latex. Because lambskin condoms do not have high inefficiency rate as normal latex condoms do. And that's totally reasonable. Like, my mom is a pharmacist, and um, she would tell me a lot of stories about how 
she would have that type of conversation with a lot of people like same with birth control and plan b and things like that you know just checking in being like making sure that people are informed citizens when they're doing this um which is good and never hurts to have a reminder but the way that this clerk was talking to jimmy was so uncomfortable and so disgusting like asking him about like the different types of condoms and like the different like you know being like the different types of textures that they have and the colors that they have it's like oh you can get colors i guess that's kind of cool right and like just but it was a cross between like publicly shaming him and also just like this it's just like this weird sexual harassment type deal where it which should never happen, but you add the layer of the fact that this is an eighth grader. Yeah. And it it was awful, and once again, there wasn't very much of a conversation about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually, like, I, I remember, it. do you remember that show, That 70s Show? I never watched it, but I know of it. Yeah, like, there's this whole scene, because that was in the days before HIPAA, where, like, um, Eric, the main character, is behind his girlfriend's dad in the pharmacy, and he's like, oh, the total comes out to $25. He's like, oh, that's a lot for cough syrup. And he's like, well, yeah. And then there's also this prescription for birth control for uh, Donna Pinciotti. And, like, Eric just, like, his eyes go wide. And he just runs out of the thing. My fear every day I went in was to be that pharmacist. Oh, God. Because, like, I would have to, like, maneuver around certain, like, parents that came in. Yeah. And it was it was very stressful. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure. Like... <laughs> No, it's, I mean, and but that's also the thing. It's like, if you're in that business, whether you are just a, a farm tech or whether you are a pharmacist, like, there's certain, there's a sense of community that you really acquire because these are people that need the medications. You see them at least, like, you know, a couple times a year, sometimes once a month, sometimes once a week, depending on what the medication is. And, like, you have a, you're bound to certain, to certain expectations. And... Like, you know, okay, fine, play the, well, it's Canada card, but, like, that's still not, that doesn't fly to me. Yeah, no. Um, so they both end up getting condoms. Yeah. And they meet up at Ashley's house, because Ashley's parents are going out, and, um, it's, like, they sit down, and it's just so awkward. Yeah. And Ashley leaves to... Like, they start making out, and then Ashley leaves to, as she says, freshen up. And she goes in the hallway and scolds herself, like, grow up, Ashley. And then she comes back in, and she's like, I don't think I'm ready. And kudos to you, Jimmy. He's like, I don't think I'm ready either. Yeah. Um, Yeah, which, thank goodness. And, like, then Toby comes home, and we'll explain where he's coming home from. We'll talk about the B-plot, but he comes home. And they're sitting in her room, blowing balloons out of the condom. This was literally the best part of the episode. This was the part of the episode I remembered. So, like, I went into this going, like, oh, it's not too bad, because I remember how it ends. And, like... And he's he's super appreciative of of the gift she got him. Kudos to you, Jimmy. Although we aren't mentioning Jimmy's gift. Oh, Jimmy made a heart. <laughs> Paige is like, this is fucking ugly. <laughs> Come on, Paige. I can't lie. If I spent, if I bought a really nice necklace for my partner and I got that, like a lopsided heart, I, I can't lie. I'd be a little missed. The only worst gift I remember is like from the office where Pam's crappy uh, fiance Roy says, 
like the day's not over. I'm just gonna I'm gonna take you home and give you the best sex of your life. It's oh. just like, come on, dude. Uh, but yeah, no, it's like, oh, uh, I mean, I know he's a he's a you know a preteen to teenage boy, and like they're not that bright as a collective group, but oh we, <laughs> oh we. So anyway, um, so that, and like. Ashley's happy with how things turned out, and I'm, yeah. ha- I'm happy for both of them. Yeah, 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 because it's like, um, you know, they, they have like a, they have conversations about it with their friends and everything. Oh, and Ashley apologizes to Terry because she snapped at Terry before. Which, yeah, you did. Yeah, no, she snaps at Terry real badly. Like, poor yeah. Terry. Like, Terry's constantly getting screwed over. Well, like, I don't care if, like, um, Toby's mom gave her a, like, business card that was, like, a drop in the bucket of, like, the existence that Terry has to suffer through day by day. Have her friends be nicer to her. Have people be nicer to Terry. Well, the thing is about her is, like, we see her deal with all of these microaggressions, basically, like, so often. And, like, in this case, the big issue to Ashley was, like, why is Terry giving her relationship advice if she's never had a relationship? And it's, like... It's like, Ashley, think about all the times you have intentionally or unintentionally beaten this poor girl down. Like, chill out for two seconds. Yeah, but, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm cheered by the fact that her dad is super supportive. Yes, that's true. It's like, but it still sucks that, like, you know, she can't find a group of friends that are not going to treat her like garbage. Like, I'm glad that her home, she has a father who supports her, but... Oh. Yeah, I, 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 maybe it's just from my own experience, because my high school friend group, like, was not great. Yeah. Like, but I had, like, parents that were just, like, very, like, there for me. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, there's something to be said. Like, junior high, high school friends, a lot of the time, they're friends out of convenience. You're going to go outside of high school and meet people who maybe are better matched to you. It just sucks having to watch this poor girl suffer through that. Yeah. All right, um, so let's get to the B-plot, which... Oh boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So, so JT and Toby are just like, oh, like we don't get to hear the sex talk, and it's like gonna be pornograph, and there's gonna be like porno stuff. Has anyone ever felt that way about puberty class? No. Like, <laughs> like uh, I was thinking about that, and like all I could think about was like, what were people's relationships with the sex talk in school? And it was people rolling their eyes people being terrified, people, like, <laughs> people not wanting to be in the same space, people making fun of that one video clip of the boy asking, like, if his dick size makes him more or less of a man. Like, this is what people remember from, and this is what people fear during that. Um, but yeah, no, JT thinks that it's, like, you know, a regulated hour of watching pornography. <laughs> like, as if Toby hasn't already had that experience and reported back that it was awful. Uh, <laughs> um, so, like, they go to Mr. Simpson's class and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna make a um, we're gonna make a web page about an animal." Yes. And, and then, like, Emma's like, "Can we make it about a specific animal?" And she wants to make her web page about a specific giant tortoise. And then turtle. We- Turtle. Not a tortoise. Then we get this absolutely bizarre, like, I like you know the like you know in the old pictures of like Jesus and the apostles to show like they're being touched by God. They had the halo of light around See, them. See, I actually like this moment. 
I will explain why. I will defend this scene. Okay. So, like, what I really appreciate... So, like, basically, Toby has a fantasy about Emma, and it's, like, very early 2000s, lights on her, like, she's sauntering a little bit. But what I like about this scene, and why I will excuse it in all its cheesiness, is that they didn't put the actor... The actors in like a sexually compromising position, which is like super important because especially with the Me Too movement, a lot of child actors are coming forward saying that they were put in situations like that. And I appreciate that they went for the really funny, kind of jokey, not particularly sexual scene. Yeah. And so I will excuse it. Well, I'm I'm just yeah. I just thought like though my favorite th- though what I kept thinking was that. This was born from her asking about a specific turtle. Yes. Like, and Toby's just like, oh, she likes very specific turtles. Yeah, oh, oh, I see. This is how I'm going to. This is how I'm going to win the girl. <laughs> I've suddenly discovered my sexuality, and it's for people who like very specific turtles. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, uh, I mean, it is endearing to see Emma. I Like, I like... I feel like I like Emma best when she's talking about things she's passionate about. And I think that's really her advantage. And I think that's what makes her so endearing when she does appear. Is because, like, you know, regardless of her being stereotyped as, like, an eco-warrior and, like, kind of like an early social justice warrior type of archetype, it's so much fun watching this kid talk about how much she loves that freaking turtle. (laughs) Um, Mama Onu! Like, as if everybody knows. Like, and I love that. Um... And then it cuts to them walking down the hall, and, like, my favorite part of the scene is that Emma towers over everybody else she's with. I, oh my god, yeah. No, she's like, tall. She's a solid, like, foot and a half taller than everybody. That's the magic of having kids playing kids. You get this delightful stuff. I know, like, it's I just... so good. I just enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> um... I now that I think about it, I think, like, in modern films, they do aim to, like, cast shorter women, like, for yeah. these teen roles. Yeah. And I was like, that's not what I remember. I remember just, like, giantesses walking with me. Yeah, exactly. Especially in middle school. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, and then Toby's like, I got this, I got this DVD about endangered species. Oh my god. Toby... Like, I'm just sitting there thinking, like, Toby, 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 Toby. That was totally a move I did back in the day. It never worked, but Toby, come on. I never got angry about it. Oh, my God. I was mostly always sad. Yeah. Now, well, now that was kind of more of my dating experience. It's just, like, I just want somebody to talk to. And, like, the one girl I was going to ask out, one of her friends told her what was happening, so she was just mean to me for, like, four months. And after that, I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to deal with this through high school. What, and what grade were you when this happened? Uh, ninth. Sounds about right. Yeah, I was very sad in high school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I refer to it as the dark ages. I don't blame you. It is a dark <laughs> age. Uh. I, what, the one, the, my saving grace was my sister, who, like, once a week or so on a Tuesday, would be like, hey, Frank, the White Stripes are playing in the city. You want to go? Like, hell yeah, I do. Screw this place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... My sister got me through high school. Um, but yeah. So, um, everybody's gearing up. Oh, and like, Toby also marvels her with his ability to search the internet a little bit <laughs> oh better my God. than Okay, her. what the heck? Because like, it looked like she was straight up searching like endangered turtles and getting no results. <laughs> like, I assume we're supposed to infer that Toby like, 
bugged the computer in some way that, like, his, he, like, made his database be, like, the only thing that works or something. Like, because it's called Toby Tracks. So, like, I assume it's supposed to be implied that he manipulated this. But, like, also... I feel as though if I was searching Endangered Turtles and nothing was coming up, my reaction would not be that the internet has scrubbed clean the record of Mama Onu. It would be that something is wrong with this computer, or maybe the internet's out. How much better would it be if, like, Endless just starts following a conspiracy theory? Like, she's like, Mama Onu just disappeared from the internet. Something's going on. And, like, walk into her room there's all these cut-out pictures of Mama Onu and, like, internet search engines and, like, connected with a Connected with, like, push pins and everything. God, I... How have I lived 32 years on this planet and not found a reason to put, like, a corkboard up and put pictures and connect them over on string? Oh, what are you talking about? That's gonna be us after a while watching this. Because it's gonna be the only way we're gonna keep characters straight. Yes. Is by creating a board like that. That we can reference right in front of us at all times. Okay. Don't worry, it's coming. Anyway, um... So then, uh... I think there's also Liberty Van Zandt throws her hat in the mix of liking Toby for reasons unbeknownst to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Like, cause, like, she hears the talk about between Toby and JT, so she decides to hold up Emma from the DVD thing um, by saying, oh, we need to work on the paper. I guess Emma's part of the paper now, which is good for Emma. Yeah, and um, it, it tracks with uh, the Parents' Day episode, because she wrote the article, so, yeah. like, she, you know, fine, she got a club experience out of it. Um, and then she's like, oh, I said, like, she tells Liberty that she was going to help Sean, and then she sits, she sits down with Sean, and, um, they have... A oh, ne- this part's really good. Yeah. Oh. Like, he's, like, working on his website, and she's like, oh, what are you doing? But I was like, Springer Spaniels. It was so cute, and, like, it really hit home for me, honestly. Yeah, he starts talking about, like, he had a, he had a Springer Spaniel, and, like, he had to leave it when he moved in with his brother, and it's just super cute. Yeah, yeah. And I just love their romance, like, because it's just so effortless between the yeah. two of them, and it's developing like it should. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's for something that, you know, all, all things considered had a very rocky start in terms of what we've seen, especially with how Sean handled things early on in the season. Like, we're seeing this very vulnerable side of him, and we're seeing how Emma can coax it out, but it's not in this weird, like, way that, like, women reach out to damaged men type of deal. It's in just the way that you can tell that he has his guard down, and he's gonna show his true side, because... She's not yelling at him. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's treating him, he's tr- she's treating him well and he wants to reciprocate. It's just so cute. Yeah, it's really good. Um, they chat forever, which is adorable. Many, and, and then, so she doesn't end up going and Toby's all angry about it. And then he goes and catches Ashley and Jimmy playing with the condoms. And he's like, clean this up before mom and dad find them. And then he goes to his room and goes to sleep at, like, 7 p.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, does Manny, Manny says something to him, right? Like, right before he leaves? Because they, they're at Manny's place. I'm trying to remember what she said. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember. Um, I'm gonna check my notes. Um, check the wiki. Um, well, while we check, I was gonna just say, next day... Um, 
Emma shows up. Oh my god, Emma puts her foot in her mouth so badly. I kind of love how honest she is. Well, she's like, oh, I saw Sean. We just started talking and I lost track of time. And she apologizes for not coming. He's like, so you were never plan? You couldn't even give me a phone call? You couldn't even, like, you weren't even planning to show up. You couldn't even give me that? I'm like, Jovi. I also love how Manny just straight up is like, yeah, yeah, he has a crush on you, just so you know. Like, she has no loyalties toward Toby, no loyalties toward his feelings. She's just like, just so you know. Because, like, Manny is, I'm sorry, I love Manny. I'm really, I'm kind of upset that we haven't seen very much of her yet. Because, like, all she's done so far has been, uh, is, like, be a true friend to Emma and Emma only. (laughs) Her only loyalty is with Emma. And I kind of love it. Um... Okay, uh, Manny is trying to say, like, oh, she could probably couldn't get away from Liberty. Oh, okay, yeah, that's what she said. Sorry, I thought she said something else, but I think I'm just combining it with that scene where she's just like, Toby has a crush on you. <laughs> so just so you know, gotta deal with that, I guess. And, like, yeah, no, Manny, Manny, I love her. I love her. But honestly, like, that's, I feel the correct way to defuse that situation is just, be like, that's why he's angry. Yeah. He has a crush on you. And... I guess it's tricky because it's also, like, how do you feel about disclosing somebody's crush without their full consent? And I feel like Manny is... It's weird because Manny is kind of... I feel like Manny is doing what any... What most girls would do, which is just, like, you know, you are my friend, my loyalty is with you, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to do that. Um, I guess if we played, like, a more moral type of situation, that's not necessarily the right thing to do, but there's something to be said about how the communication is now opened up so much better. Yeah. Potentially, because she did it. Yeah. I, I feel like I can't fault Manny for doing that. Oh, no, I have no fault in it either, yeah. like, because Manny, like, Manny also just seems like a people pleaser. Yeah, like, well, I mean, we're getting that framework for her, right? With her parents. She she has said multiple times, including this episode, she can't, like, you know, hang out with her friends, but she can have them come over and things like that. So we can kind of tell that. We can infer pretty safely that she is used to having very conservative mindset put upon her, and because of it, she will please people. She won't try and rock the boat too much. But it's nice to see what she does push back. It's to be a good friend. Yeah. Yeah, so, um... It was a mixed bag. I mean, I think that there were some very good moments about it, which is probably why I looked back on the episode with vague fondness, because all I remembered was, like, the condom balloons, Sean and the dog, and things like that. <laughs> but... It's, it's like, <sighs> it's like you know, the, the few happy moments in sad movies where you're just like, yeah. oh yeah, that moment. Yeah, like that one time. Because <laughs> I don't want to remember it. Like, it's, it's, you know, it's the same thing with Breaking Bad, where I remember all the cool Walter White moments. And then I, like, when I stop and think about it, it's like, oh yeah, he's the worst. Yeah. There's so many terrible moments. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that, and the thing is, is like, Degrassi is not perfect, um, I think a lot of teen media really doesn't know how to talk about teenage sexuality. Very few of it, if ever, really nails it at the level that I feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Because it is this balancing act, right? Because it's media that is typically written by adults for kids, and you want to be honest, and you want it to be, like, something that the kids can connect to. At the same time, you don't want to make this material, like, pornography. You don't want it to be, like, you know, like, anything that could be misconstrued as titillating. 
And, and there is a lot of, there is something to be said about all the pieces and parts necessary in any young adult targeted media on how to do this. However, it suffers from a lot of those traditional ideas of sexuality, those heteronormative roles. And because this isn't necessarily going to explore it too much in future episodes, at least at the level I would feel comfortable with, it's hard to be like, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll give it a solid, I'll give it a B minus. Mm-hmm. That, like, I, I mean, I'm torn, because, like, I don't didn't like the White Knight nonsense going on with Toby, mm-hmm. but that is something dudes do. Yeah. And, like, but I just wanted some, like, if I could just had somebody call him out on it, I would have felt better about the episode. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want his, these feelings to be justified. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's the issue with this, like, kind of issue-based approach, where it's like, we're not necessarily going to get the behavior called out, at least at this time, but it's also so episodic, it's hard to make the call that, like, well, eventually, it'll happen. Because it's like, like, there's some shows that are formatted in the long haul, where a character's going to act like a jerk, and you're going to hate that, but you know they're going to bottom out eventually. You know, like, you know... This happens often in, like, I think of, I'm always going back to Friday Night Lights, and I try really hard not to reference it too much on the show. And, like, while it wasn't perfect, you knew that there were going to be consequences to a character's actions eventually. Eventually, somebody was not going to be able to play up to par because they kept drinking. Eventually, somebody was going to get caught with steroids because that was not going to fly um, in, in a high school football setting. And it's hard to make a call like that in this series where it is so much more episodic. Yeah. Um, Do you have any recommendations? Sure. I mean, I tried. Um, It's always really hard, especially with the topic of teenage sexuality. So I tried to go back into, like, my... If I had any young adult books that I felt like maybe weren't perfect, but were going in a decent direction... And I think that a book that might be worth checking out is uh, History is All You Left Me, which is by Adam Silvera. Um, he's a tremendous author. Uh, he's he's a, kind of one of those... He's, he's a rising star slash he's kind of making him... He's being very much a part of the whole like current YA field right now. And I think his writing is tremendous. Um, if you're looking for interesting men, loving men type media and you want it especially from a YA type of perspective I think he's a great person to go to um and his characters definitely have like actively like have like you know practice sex and relationship dynamics and how it can go wrong and how it can go right and these characters can have consequences to their actions but there's also some moments that are incredibly tender Um, And I feel like his books are very interesting, very compelling, very well written, um, and can kind of give you that satisfaction with these, with the relationships featured in it, where the um, other ones may not. So I'm going to recommend History is All You Left Me, because that's my favorite of his, but either of his other books are really good. He has another one coming out with the author of Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens Agenda coming out soon as well, so if you're into her, you can read both of them writing, so I would check out that stuff. Um, yeah, mine are far less academic than that. <laughs> oh, no, they're, they're still YA books. I'm just, I just am a wordy person. <laughs> um, I was thinking for the white knighting thing, uh, one where you can see it happen and see somebody called out is, 
I'll put it in the, once I find it, I'll put it in the description of the episode, but there's a show called Gravity Falls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's this character. I'm finally watching it. <laughs> this character named Little Gideon, I believe. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this character. And, like, he has this crush on, on the main girl, Mabel, and, like, she constantly rejects him. So he's like, I'm going to turn the town against you. Yeah. Because, like, I'm a nice guy and you should date me. And, like, the whole town's like, you're not being nice if you're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get through season two right now, but, um. Yeah, definitely. Gravity Falls hits hits some interesting notes in terms of relationships in general and, like, whether or not you are entitled to somebody. Yeah. Because we see that with a couple characters and, like, whether or not they feel, like, you know, being in, you're not entitled to people. And it's reiterated quite a bit yeah. in some of those plots. <laughs> and in regard to the first time, uh, I wanted to say the Daria episode um, that covers it, but I said Fizz Ed last time, which was the Daria episode. So instead, I want to... <laughs> this is going to sound, like, completely bonkers. The movie Blockers. Really? Like, okay. came out recently. Okay, yeah, so I haven't I, seen it yet. I was, like, skeptical, because, you know, it's... It, it like uh, the trailer looked kind of horrendous. The trailer does not do the movie service. Like, really, it's a lot sweeter and smarter than it makes itself out to be. Well, it was directed by a woman, right? Yeah. So, so uh, when yeah. I found that out, I was a little more like, maybe this could be okay. What I like, what I enjoy about it is neither the teen girls in it or the parents are viewed as villains. It's just like this is just a horrible misunderstanding between all parties involved. And everybody is trying their best. Like, mm-hmm. um, just a spoil of the movie. Like, and like all the boys in it are just good boys, which is nice That's to see. Nice. Um, like one one pe- like uh like like John Cena's character, like he just he's does not know how to like deal with the fact his little girl is going away. Oh, I don't like that term does not like the fact that his daughter is going away to college and he but yeah. he, he doesn't know how to vocalize it so he's mm-hmm. just like acting out his like um his friend uh one of his daughter's friends is just like she's also freaking out and one of them like realizes he like he knows his daughter is like is a lesbian and wants to have a talk with her before she feels pressured into doing something oh. that she doesn't want to do and, oh, interesting. And when all three of those hit, it's just really sweet. Okay. Like, the the, the mom sees that, like, the guy has, like, the, her, her daughter and her boyfriend just generally care about each other. The dad and his daughter have a conversation about, like, she's like, I'm strong enough to take care of myself. Like, I don't need you anymore, but I still love you. And the dad with the um, daughter who's a lesbian... Like, she comes out to him, and he's, like... And he's just so happy to reconnect with her, because, like, the mom and the dad have divorced. Check it out. It's a really sweet and really funny movie. Like, the... And, um, also, the woman who directed it also wrote the movie, uh, Rough Night. Mm -hmm. Which is another movie that I highly recommend, because... Do you... Do you... A little bit. I know vaguely. Like, you know, Scarlett Johansson's having a bachelorette party, and they accidentally kill... The stripper, um, and they're trying to cover it up. And what I love about it is that there's like these two char- these two uh, women of color, and they're like, "We're in Florida. Like a woman shot at her husband, her abusive husband, 
to defend herself, and now she's doing 40 to life. We can't call the cops. Ooh. Like, they acknowledge that, and I'm like, this movie's so, it's like, unbelievably funny and just super smart. Wow. There's a lot more nuance yeah. than I expected something like that to provide. Kay nice. can, and she's, like, killing it. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, my rankings. Yeah, here we go, here we go. <laughs> Toby. Oh. oh my god, Toby is Just, like, like just skydiving towards the bottom. <laughs> we record on the second floor of a building, and in my head, like, his, his <laughs> ranking has just, like, gone through the floor, down to the living room. Yeah, um... Toby, you've gone down. Spinner, you went down. I don't know who that third kid was. He's gone down. <laughs> Sean, you and Emma continue to rise. My rising stars. Jimmy, you've risen a bunch because, like, you actually went out to buy condoms. And and I feel like I know something about him now. Yeah, like, but he seems like an okay boy. Like, he seems like a good boy mm. for the most part. Um, I don't know. I'm sure stuff's just ready to come. Um, let's see, who else? Uh, Paige continues to rise. I can't, like... She's so hard to hate. I can't, like, I can't hate on that hustle. Like, no, no. It's like, <laughs> like, I guess what it just comes down to is, like, you know, some of these characters are very archetypal and not particularly interesting. There's something so compelling about Paige. Yeah, I just want to see... I want to follow her journey. Give me a Paige episode. Oh, my God, please. <laughs> like, um... Let's see, who else? Terry, you continue to remain the same. Uh, Liberty... Liberty. It remains the same, not that high. Did you actually rank JT? You mentioned Toby. Toby, uh, Toby's like <laughs> Toby high five JT as they landed both at the bottom. <laughs> like it's just like there's no nuance to JT. He's Ooh. just annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. Let's see. Uh, Sean. I, I'm not sure. If I, no, I said that. Yeah, Sean, uh, you said was rising with Emma. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But, uh, and Terry, Terry just needs some better friends, like, and, oh my God. like, a decent plot line, too. Did you actually rank Ashley? You oh, Ashley? Jimmy. Um. I feel like we just need a list. See, this is why we're gonna have the big collage board. <laughs> Ashley, Ashley, um, eh, Ashley rose a little bit for being true to herself. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can appreciate that. That sounds good. So, yeah, that was the mating game. <laughs> That was the meeting game. Anyway, if you want to keep in touch with us, um, please check us out. We are on quite a few pieces of social media and also email. So if you want to email us, it's ihopepod at gmail.com. <laughs> we had to keep it short. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with us on other forms of social media, we're also ihopepod on Twitter and Tumblr. Um, and then also we have a Facebook group, um, which I feel like you can custom URL and I have to do that and just search I hope I can make it through or I hope pod and I'm sure you will find it. But uh, feel free to keep in touch with us. The only thing I want to stress and I will keep stressing is please try to not ruin this experience for Frank. It may be very <laughs> tempting to provide spoilers and accidents will happen. But I would really appreciate it if you tried your best to kind of contain yourself. He will get there. All those moments you want him to experience, he will get there. They'll only be good if you don't spoil them. Yeah, I'm in year two of, of one podcast. I'm ready for the long haul. Yeah. So, so we're 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 gonna well we're we're gonna try. That's the whole point of the name of this podcast. Um. 
if we if we feel overexerted, we can take a little break. But yeah. yeah. Um. Oh. Also, if you want to contact me personally on Twitter, I am DM is unbreakable. Um. I actually I'm gonna plug. Can I plug my writing? Oh sure. Oh sweet. Um. So I have an anthology coming out. It's called As Told by Things. Uh. I have a short story that's featured in there. It's about inanimate objects telling stories. So if you want to check that out, um. It is available. Just search As Told by Things. And I'm sure you will find it. It's on Goodreads and all that good stuff. So feel free to check it out. Um, pretty proud of it. My friend is also in it. Um, and very exciting times for me. <laughs> um, then I'm uh, then I'm gonna um, I'm going to plug Teen Girl Talk. It's the one I do with my sister. But we talk a wild ride of um, teen media from books to movies to TV shows. I'm not sure when this is going to come out, so I'm not going to plug anything. Because we're, like, recording a bunch, and then we're going to start Yeah, up, yeah, like... we're just speaking from the past. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, um, so that's it. Yeah. So, thank you very much for going on this journey. Uh, whatever it takes, we hope we can make it through, and hopefully you can be there with us. So, thank you very much, everybody. All right. Bye. Just you know why. Why you and I will buy and buy no true love